Oh my god! Uh, Archie! Yeah. Why are you such a freaking dumpster? <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> I'm so mad. How dare he? Oh, okay. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 21-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. Uh, a few things about me. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas. My favorite color is heliotrope. I'm Slytherin as heck. And my favorite sport is watching television. You can hit me up if you ever need to know anything about any minor character that has ever existed on The 100 or Lost. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey on pretty much anything. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. In my spare time, I genuinely enjoy long walks on the beach and then leaving said beach to go watch TV. My favorite show of all time is Battlestar Galactica. I think Jurassic Park is a cinematic masterpiece, and my Hogwarts house is very obviously Hufflepuff. I'm on Twitter at Britannia with an underscore where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. Today, we have words to say about episode 202 of Riverdale, chapter 2, A Touch of Evil. Wow. 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 That's a lot of words we just said. <laughs> Do you ever think how, like, absolutely magnificent it is that we are the proof that you can be a Hufflepuff and a Slytherin to get along? Aww. Mm, that's beautiful. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We should at one point start, sort all of the Riverdale characters into their <gasps> Hogwarts houses. I will have an aneurysm <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> Okay, so uh, last week's episode was kind of just like, let's do whatever we want because we have no template whatsoever. Um, and this week we are going to try and go character by character. Yeah, we, we have a structure. We're finding it. We're trying to figure it out, at least. We're, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Go with us, folks. Okay, so um, the first character we're going to talk about is not Archie um, because we don't <laughs> want to. Um, so the first character we're going to talk about is Betty and the Coopers, which incidentally is my new band name. So how much does Betty's family suck? They're garbage. And I'm sad because like, you know, you know who her parents remind me of? Who? The Wheeler's parents in Stranger Things. What? Except like, but the mom was such a good person. The mom is way better in Stranger Things. But, yeah. like, the dad does nothing, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, he's totally useless. Like, you know, uh, so that's why they remind me of of them. Like, do they even actually parent Betty, or do they just kind of, like, keep her locked in the house? Okay, wait, I have a thing that I don't know if they did on purpose. Okay. Or not. So Archie's just like, are you up? And he uses, like, the letter R and the letter U, and I'm just like, who told you to do that? What kind of booty call? <laughs> you up, boo? You up? And it's like, I don't think Betty wanted that kind of text from you She's right like, now. do you want me to walk 30 paces? Like, I like that she didn't give him an inch, though. She was like, no, I'm not up, and no, we can't talk. Go away, dude. Exactly. She says no and no, and then later, when they're talking about the, like, when Cheryl's talking about the river vixes, she says no and no. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ooh, found a thing. Betty's word of the day was no. No. <laughs> um, and then not only does she go no and no, and then he goes, please? <laughs> like he goes, exclamation point, question mark, which sounds in my head like, please? Who puts the exclamation point first in this day and age? <laughs> please? Like Facebook moms put the exclamation point first. And I say that as someone who has a Facebook mom. Please? Okay, 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 okay. Listen, Betty's mom... Mm-hmm. What is going on? <laughs> so, like, that the, like, coroner guy is literally Frankenstein, first of all. Yep. Like, I saw him and I was just like, is that, a, like, why? That guy's, the, that's the creepiest man I've ever seen. He absolutely looks, wait, are you saying he's Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster? Both. <laughs> that makes sense, actually, for yeah. it. Because he literally looks like like he was stitched together from different parts of people. like, And that's not on the actor. That's on like the way they presented him in the show. I was like, what the hell? I know. And then they were just like, he's standing over a dead body with like a like a 
pharmacist's coat on. It's a scientist's coat, but it reminds me of pharmacists. <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay. So, like... All pharmacists double as corners, right? Yeah. Okay. So, like, she is doing some shady business with this guy, but, like... I'm confused, and obviously we're, like, not supposed to know the answer, but, like, what's going on here? I took away that she's, like, a journalist doing her job, and she, like, greased his wheels a little to get the first scoop. But, like, also, then you think about how much she hates him. Yeah, she must have been so happy looking at that dead body. And then, like, here's the thing is that I thought maybe she was, like, trying to plant, like um cheryl's dna on or whatever but like mm-hmm. i mean also they have like similar dna clearly but <laughs> but like cheryl knows that she's going to be arrested so like it's not a surprise to her yeah well okay but here's the thing is cheryl knows she's going to be arrested i think because maybe my theory that she and Jason conspired was true, and so she thinks that Jason maybe died in a different manner than he actually did. Oh. And so she's like, I'm being arrested for such and such reason. hmm And in reality, it's, oh, no, he was killed a week later. Which maybe she doesn't know. I- exactly. Okay. Cool. But we'll get, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Okay, um, next thing, Betty and Cheryl. So, Betty and Veronica get in a fight, and then she's like, let me chill with Cheryl instead. Like, what is it, the devil you know? (laughs) Yeah, she's just like, what's gonna annoy you the most? You know what this reminds me of? Hmm. Half-Blood Prince, when Hermione's like, I'm really mad at Ron, so I'm gonna ask Cormac McLaggen to the party. (laughs) When when Harry's just like, we could have (laughs) gone. But this doesn't dissuade me from, like, hashtag Veronica. Like, I'm still like, okay, so she used Cheryl to make Veronica jealous? Like, that's gay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, for, like, the Coopers thing, what the hell, Alice with the sage? And, like, she's cleaning up. like, what? She doesn't, what? Where did that character trait come from? And, like, I get that she thinks they're, like, witches or whatever, but, like, who just carries around, who just, like, has sage in their house other than people who are, like, crazy spiritual? I guess she's crazy spiritual, and it's, like... No offense to anyone who has sage in their house. I respect you. No, I feel like having sage isn't that unusual, but, uh, like, for that character who is completely opposite of all of that like archetype Mm -hmm. she just randomly has sage what and like she genuinely thinks that her daughter's room needs to be like cleansed yeah that's weird and it's she gave me she made me really uncomfortable because she's doing sort of like this really manipulative abusive thing that like abusers do where they isolate you from all of like your friends and so she's like you can't hang out with archie and you can't hang out with veronica and you can't hang out with cheryl and it's like who is she supposed to hang out with like you're just keeping her locked up it's it's really weird and she won't let her go talk to polly yeah like there's some she's a bad mom okay oh here's a big question i'm ready is polly dead I mean, I didn't, th- I, I haven't thought about that. That's interesting. Because she's like, maybe I should go visit Polly. And her mom's like, mm, don't do that. Um, yeah, I told her. Because it's honestly, and it could be something really creepy. Like Polly isn't actually at a home somewhere. Yeah. Like, where is like, she? Or like, they could be keeping her somewhere. Oh my God. Or like they sent her away like overseas or like banish her or something, but. It, it's definitely weird that they won't let Betty see Polly. Yeah. I never even thought about the fact that she might be dead. Oh, man. So, like, they're like, let's go get milkshakes. And he's like, here you go, double chocolate and classic vanilla. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What, are you saying they leaned on the symbolism too hard? I was like, what is this? Like, I, I'm, I'm real into the light and dark theme as referenced by Lost in everything ever, but, like, Mm -hmm. come on. It was so on the nose, like, both my cousin and I were sitting there going, wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all did that. And then they take a vow that no boys are going to get in between them anymore. And I'm like, that's nice. They took the hoes before bros vow. 
Exactly. And I love that. But then Archie and Jughead come in. <laughs> and they immediately are like, okay, come sit with us. And I'm like, mm. But like in a nice way. Yeah, in a I'm nice like, way. Okay. And I like that actually the show didn't forget that that was the first time that Jughead would be meeting Veronica. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I can say that because I can see your heart eyes because you're thinking about Jughead. Yeah, you're thinking about Jughead now. Robin, as an interesting point of fact, how fast did your heart beat when you saw Jughead for the first time in this episode? The fastest that my heart rate went today was um, 122. (laughs) But that's because and that was during the Archie and Jughead fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at in front of Archie's house, but that's but in my defense, <laughs> there's no defense here. But continue. I wasn't just sitting. I had been like, um, jumping up and down and like running around the room and screaming a little bit. So like, <laughs> in my defense, <laughs> was this like to get to your ten thousand steps, or just in general that you've decided to run around? Well, it started like that. It Mm -hmm. started with the steps, but then uh, that was before the scene started. This is a woman who is in control of her life. Listen, (laughs) once again, let me just, (laughs) let me just say it one more time. And I'll probably be saying it more times. Okay. Do you know what I'm going to say? No. I have no shame. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I I saw that one coming. Yeah, I just... Go ahead, take take all of my feelings about Jughead. You can have them all because they're all out in the open and I feel them all very loudly. This is why you are undraggable as a person because you have no shame. You will drag yourself and not even be ashamed of it. That's true. Um, Veronica and Hermione, let's talk about the lodges. I super love their relationship. Me too. They're great. Mm-hmm. And I like that Hermione basically had to go all the way back to the beginning and mm-hmm. get a job at Pop Tates. And here's what's great about her, too, is that she's not being like, oh, I hate my life. I wish I could be rich again. She's saying, like, I'm so excited to work for this. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't act elitist about it. She was just, like, kind of like, well, this is where I am, but I'm going to do it. Like, she seems like she's the kind of woman you absolutely cannot get down. Hello? It's me. I've been, I've been wondering, wondering if after all these years, years you'd like to meet. <laughs> oh, there you are. It sounds like you're back. Did you hear us make the same joke? Yes. To get back on topic. Yep. What in the hell? Hermione's costume. It looks like there's a bra. There, it looks like there's a bra outside of the costume. What is Pop Tate thinking? Is, did the costume designers look at that and go, oh, "Just I feel like the viewer doesn't know she has boobs. We gotta <laughs> let them know. Like, Very what? important character. Apparently. Or characters, if that's the case. <laughs> One and two. One and two. They're called Harry and Ron. No. Sorry. You do not name her boobs. Sorry. <laughs> they can also be called Ginny and Luna if you'd prefer. No! <laughs> you are horrible! I'm sorry. I take it back? No, don't take it back. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that um, she was like, oh, you're Fred's son. Archie. She just, like, knew his name. <laughs> Yeah, like, how much online stalking do you think she's done? She's just like, I'm watching Mary and Fred's marriage crumble. Do you think Fred is a Facebook dad? Yes. Like, do you think he posts pictures of his son Archie, like, like, first at the construction site and then on the football field? And he's like, so proud of my son today. (laughs) Hashtag Riverdale strong. (laughs) Yay. Okay, this is real, and we have decided this. Okay. Now let's talk about um, Veronica and Archie's talk on the way home to wherever. Firstly, can we talk about how beautifully lit it was? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I noticed that, too. Every time they turned their heads and, like, half of them was like, yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, it kind of looked like they were sort of in like a neon sunset. And I was like, damn, I am into this. <laughs> Be my friend, lighting designer. <laughs> Light my life. You should be followed by lights at all times. Yeah. Okay, so, like, Veronica thinks that it was, like, her destiny to be best friends with Betty. Is that not the sweetest thing you've ever heard? That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And then you, like, think about what Betty said at the beginning of the episode where she was just, like, she's not even gonna remember my name next week. So it's, like, do you think it's Betty's indifference towards Veronica? Or do you think it's, like, Betty's, like, down on herself and going, like, oh, she's not gonna remember me? I like to think it's the latter. Okay. What do you think? I... Yeah, I agree. Because I think Veronica genuinely trying to be a better person is the coolest character thing for a woman to do. Because a lot of times you see that as, like, a male character archetype. Where it's, like, the guy who's, like, working towards redemption and has, like, this you know, darker past where maybe he was an asshole, but now he's really trying to be better. And, like, seeing a woman do that and, like, actively trying to change it and calling herself out on stuff, that's really refreshing. hmm I think that's cool. And I like that she, like, talked about it with Archie. Yeah. Yeah. And then Archie tells this lovely story about Betty when they were kids. And, like, now I'm just mad because he's just, like, I'm just, like, you already got engaged pretty much. And now you're going back on it. And it's like, it's like Veronica said, like, and I don't know if I agree with this, but where she talked about how you can't blame Archie for how he feels and stuff. And I'm like, I can blame Archie for how he dealt with it, but she is kind of right that sometimes you either feel or you don't. But at the same time, I'm like, but how could you not be in love with Betty? She's a ray of sunshine. Yeah. Also, like, try. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you just try? Because he's way too wrapped up in whatever's going on with Miss Grundy. That's stupid and gross. What other, whatever illegal nonsense they're up to this week. <laughs> last, last week it was basically statutory rape, and this week it's covering up a murder. Yay! What new laws will they break next week? Now we're going to talk about Cheryl and Jason. And at the very beginning, just to add to the incest thing, there's Ooh. a thing of them at Pops... Drinking from the same milkshake. (laughs) Hey, Robin, have you ever gotten a milkshake with your sister and then shared it with two straws? No. No, because like all good siblings, you each get your own and then you argue over who's going to swap. That's what I'm thinking. And And then you go to share and then you get hit with someone else's spoon and that's how it goes when you have siblings. That's how it goes. What? I, like, I know that they're doing it on purpose, but I'm just like, why? To me, at least, and, like, I don't know a whole lot about football, but, like, y- you see football players in, like, um, TV and, like, movies and, like, you know, real life because they exist, <laughs> and Jason does not look like one to me. He doesn't look like a football player? No, well, like, in all the, like, flashbacks and stuff, he... He, he looks, like, pretty tiny. Hey, football t- players contain dimensions, too. I understand that, but also they were just like, <laughs> he's the best quarterback we've ever had. And I was like, uh, uh sure. There's that suspension of disbelief again. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I, I, okay, like, I don't know a lot about football, but I do know what all the quarterbacks looked like on Glee. On <laughs> Glee. Okay, but, like, I do feel like that's the most apt comparison, like, for Riverdale, it's just comparing yeah. to Glee. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not teen Twin Peaks. It's just a different version of Glee. With more murder? Yeah, definitely more murder, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, is Cheryl actually showed some genuine emotion. Yeah. And was really open with Veronica. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool, but at the same time, I was like, is that real? I think it is. Yeah. It felt real to me. I mean, it felt real, but when you have a character that that is sort of that manipulative, you're never quite sure. You can never really tell. But it was a really sweet moment that Veronica sort of swept in and was like, let me comfort you. Mm -hmm. And before they went to commercial break, you get that shot of Betty looking at them. And I was thinking over the commercial break, like, oh, my God, Betty's going to be like, you know, how dare you comfort Cheryl? Like, 
I thought you were on my team sort of thing because Betty sort of had like polarizing opinions all through the episode. Yeah. So when she was like, you know, that was a really nice thing you did. I kind of breathed a big sigh of relief. Can I, can I make an acting complaint? Please make an acting complaint. So like, we're supposed to be, be thinking that Veronica has just run across the football field in the building through a bunch of things to the locker room and then find Cheryl, correct? Yeah. So she jogs in and she's like, hello. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, how much running did you just do though? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. The thing I was stuck on was that Cheryl's hair was soaking wet when she was outside and then magically beautiful and curly when she was inside. Oh, no. Continuity, (laughs) what are you doing? She jogs in. So, like, she knows that she was supposed to have been running. Like, if she was, if she just, like, walked in, I'd be like, oh, maybe she was, like, walking for a while looking for her. But, like, she Mm -hmm. jogs in. So, like, I, like, I imagine she just ran the whole time and then just, like, was just like, I'm fine now. Well, things maybe, like, Things work a little different in Riverdale. Listen. Maybe you maybe you get superpowers. There's some things that I will, like, believe, but the fact that, like, <laughs> people don't get out of breath when they run really far uh, is not something that I'll believe. The air okay. is in magic. Sorry. Complaint noted. Okay. Honestly, I kind of just want to talk about how flawless Cheryl's hair is. Let's do it. That is the most beautiful, like, head of hair I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) It is so long and so curly, and I'm so jealous of it. Like, I want my hair to be as long and just like, ah, it's just so beautiful. Cheryl's cronies got some screen time today. (gasps) Robin! Have you named them? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I haven't, like, officially named them. I feel like they're both, uh, both of their names start with M. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it feels right that they'd have similar sounding alliteration. Well, that's yeah. one step closer. Um, also, it was funny because Cheryl called them living mannequins, and I thought that was great. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, bullying. You can tell Cheryl doesn't have any real friends. Yeah, definitely. Except for her brother. I want to talk about the Betty and Cheryl scene now. Okay. I think that Cheryl likes girls... And I, I don't know if it's queer baiting or not. But I think that she does because I think she has this weird thing with Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, interesting. Why do you think that? Well, in the first episode, she was just like, I've hired Josie and the Pussycats to be uh, at this dance. And then today she's like, oh, you guys, this is all wrong. Even though it looks exactly the same as what they performed. She's like, this mm-hmm. is all wrong. I have to go call Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> so she goes to call them and she's like, they're in. And then after they perform, she goes up and they give like this big hug, her and Josie, as if they're like best friends or something. Oh. So I think, I think that's a thing. I am so on board this. Yeah. I like that you have your gay goggles are like really on right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, like after that, she was like, oh, you guys, this is awful. You're raining on my parade. I need to go call Josie and the Pussycats. I was just like, again? <laughs> Cheryl's go-to problem solving technique. Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like that scene with Betty, I was watching and I was like, that isn't even subtext. That was basically overt text, right? Yes. Like that, I was like, I, I'm very torn because I know that that's basically queer baiting, where they're like, they're trying to reel you in by saying, oh well, maybe there's a little bit of implication here. You're just gonna have to keep watching, and if mm-hmm. they don't pay it off, then I'm gonna feel like an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> but I hope that they do. I hope that she's actually like a thing with Josie. Yeah, that would be really cool. I that makes that whole scene feel better. Mm-hmm. I I like you. Me? Yeah. That's nice. You have good thoughts. I like you too. <laughs> Great. We've established that. Yay. Okay. Yay. Um, what did you think? What do you think of uh, Betty getting super in Cheryl's face? Oh my God. I loved it. But I was also just like, her, her brother just got killed and she thought that it was Polly who did it. And so Betty's pretty much just comes up being like, guess what I'm going to do murder you and i was just like yikes couldn't have used any other word 
If I were, I would have been like, get out of my house before I punch you in the jugular. Oh, that would have been better. That's like a really direct attack. But I do like that Betty kind of was like dark-sided. Oh my god, yeah, that was the, that was awesome. That was like that was a cheer on your couch moment for sure. And she did such a good job too. Yeah, like she was like serious about it. Like when they did that slow pan up with the camera, and you just see like the fury in her eyes. I was like, oh, this actress is really good. Yeah, it was awesome. Cheryl sees the fact that Archie is wearing his or Jason's number. Sees Jason. Once again, I really feel like, like, Archie didn't even really want to be on Varsity that much. He could have been like, give me another number or I'm not going to be on Varsity. Yeah, what the hell? Like, he could have had literally any number. Like, do you think we're going to get an explanation for that? Or is this just something that's just going to be left there? I feel like Coach Clayton was just kind of garbagey and that's how it went. He's just like, this was already made. Here you go. I don't want to make a new jersey. So here's a dead kids. So here's a dead kids or whatever. I don't know. Okay, talk about the whole Kevin and Moose thing. Okay, I am furious about yeah, this. Yeah, that's why I want you to talk about it. Okay, so it is very clear that Moose is trying to explore his sexuality. And mm-hmm. that Kevin, in the pilot, was encouraging Moose to do this and was like, you know, like, he's cute, like, you know let's go mess around, this sort of thing. So Kevin is sort of, like, indulging Moose, but the minute Moose is like, hey, like, I'd like to actually pursue this, he's like, oh, actually, I think you should stick to girls. What the hell kind of response is that to, first of all, there are, like, no out bisexual men. It's very rare to see it on television. Mm -hmm. And when they do, they completely dismiss this aspect of Moose's character as a punchline for Kevin, because he's like, oh, you're not a real gay guy. I think you should just stick to women. That's just, that makes me, like, flames out the side of my eyes. Me too, because when he said that, I was just like, what the heck? And, like, here's the other thing, is that we were talking about the lack of Midge last episode, and now we know that Midge does exist and that she's around. And at first I thought that maybe that was the reason is that Kevin found out about Midge and was just like, we should not do this. You should stick with your girlfriend, like your long-term girlfriend. But then I think Mm -hmm. like he would have known last episode that she existed. So like what changed? I think it was just like they stumbled over a dead body and, or Kevin got bored and he was like, I don't really want this, which is weird. Cause like he talks about like how he finds Moose like attractive and I'm like, why are you leading him on and then completely invalidating his sexuality all in... That was all in one scene he did that. Mm-hmm. I'm just... Uh, that is... The gay best friend trope was tolerable in the pilot, and now I absolutely hate it, and I need it to go away. And I'm sad because I liked Kevin last episode. In this episode, I do not like him. Yeah, but now he's just like the bitchy gay guy. There was no need to dumb him down. Another person who we liked last week and now definitely do not like, the big Mm. uh, Reggie. Okay, you talk about this. Okay, well, first of all, first of all, let's talk about the fact that Kevin is the sheriff's son. Did we know that? Was that a thing in comic canon? Um, not to my knowledge, no. No, I didn't know that either. And I don't know I will if look that's it up. relevant, like super relevant. Okay. And I will move on to our next thing, which is the uh, Jughead segment. So, yep. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and just do all my other, let's just do all our other Jughead notes, except for the, that big scene with Reggie. Okay. And then I want to get to that at the end. Okay. Okay. The fact that Reggie called him Wednesday Adams, which I thought was actually hilarious. (laughs) That was genuinely funny. That was a great burn. And it's, like, kind of true. How do you feel about, like, this brooding sort of jughead? Okay, well, like, here's the thing. Um, I'm, you know, obsessed with it. Um, I don't... I'm kind of taking aspects of comic jughead and aspects of this Jughead, and I'm putting parts of it that I want to be the same, and then most of it can just be different. 
Mm-hmm. Like, of course, obviously, I want him to be asexual. That's very, very important to me. Uh, of course. And I want him to eat a lot of burgers and be Archie's best friend. But I don't... Like, the rest of it, all these things that they're changing are totally fine. For example, the fact that it's Cole Sprouse, totally fine. In fact, awesome. <laughs> Great. It's like, as long as Cole Sprouse is doing anything as Jughead, you're happy? I'm happy. And you know what's... I I thought that I was going to have, like, a genuine heart attack because he was going to be in this episode so much. Um, mm-hmm. And I ended up just crying through the whole thing. Oh. And not happy crying either. No, it wasn't happy crying. It, mm. was, it wasn't good. Um, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, okay, so Jughead says that um, they were supposed to go on a road trip for the 4th mm. of July. And he ditched him. Man, Archie is such an ass. And I'm sad because why, first of all, he ditched him for a lady and then, like, where were they going to go on their road trip and how long was their road trip going to be and how how excited was Jughead to go on this road trip and how sad was Jughead that he didn't get to go on the road trip? He was probably so excited. Like, it was enough to end their friendship. And then I also think, like, like, was this the big thing that ended it or was it, like, after afterward and then Archie did something worse I think Archie basically ghosted Jughead because he said to Betty that like uh, said to Archie about Betty that explaining himself would have gone a long way so it's like I think Archie ghosted Jughead oh my god Uh, Archie why are you such a freaking dumpster (laughs) I'm so upset (laughs) I'm so mad how dare he? Oh, and not even okay. one of the good Ulta dumpsters that you can go dumpster diving in. Just a really bad one. Just a really bad one. So Jughead sees Grundy and Archie. Ugh. And he's like, cool, gross, I guess. Same. So that's an important plot point. I really love sleuth Jughead, though, by the way. Yeah, because yeah. He, he's writing like a murder novel. Yeah, he's like, he's doing all the work in the show. <laughs> he's so fancy. Okay, so then Jughead and Archie have a fight right in front of Archie's house. And I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than the fact that, like, you just learn a lot about who Archie is supposed to be and who Archie is in the comics, you know? Like, I feel like the yeah. Archie that we knew before this summer was that kind of guy who he is in the comics. And, like, how deeply disturbing is it that he kind of turned into an ass because of a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of excuse is that? That's just... Gross. I, I don't even have words. I just have, like, mouth sound effects for everything about Archie. And, like, he was saying that, like, he knew this guy named Archie Andrews, and he always tried to do the right thing. And, like, I'm just sad because, like... Without Archie, Jughead just hangs out with himself. He's so alone. Yeah, he's he probably hangs out. Robin, I have an important question, though. <sighs> okay. Do you think Jughead has fun internet friends? <gasps> I hope so. I bet he does. I bet that he goes on, like, oh crime novel forums. <laughs> what if he's on Twitter? <laughs> I hope his ask box on Tumblr is always full, at least when he gets home from school. <laughs> Do you think he reblogs, like, moody pictures of trees? I bet he has an aesthetic blog. <laughs> Do you think he takes the pictures, too? <laughs> yeah, and I bet they're all in black and white. Black and white. And sometimes sepia. Yeah. I hope so. We did it. We figured him out. I'm so happy about that. What do you think his URL is? Oh my god, I like don't even want I don't even want to <laughs> guess. That's your goal for next week. Okay. Find Jughead's Tumblr. Something about food. Okay. Oh, I hope so. I hope so too. Um, Speaking okay. of food, Jughead said the word burger. That's, he said, that's, let's go get a bunch of burgers. And I was like, that's, 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 that's my boy. Mm-hmm. He didn't burgers. eat the burgers. I literally, at the beginning of the episode, I was like, you know, as much as they've changed everything in this show, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided Jughead was a vegetarian. 
Oh my god, that would be hilarious. <laughs> He's just like, actually, um, I am a vegan. I don't eat animal products at all. And that would fit in perfectly with like the way they've been writing him. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would be like, what is this? So like, it's just like so strange seeing Cole Sprouse in like such a dramatic scene because all I've ever seen him on is comedy. Little baby Cole Sprouse in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and then teenage Cole Sprouse in Sweet Life on Deck. And that's like pretty much all he did. And then he went to anthropology school and then came back. Sometimes you so deeply remind me that I am older than you. (laughs) (laughs) You never watched Sweet Life? No, I was more of a Lizzie McGuire, That's So Raven type generation. Oh, I watched a little bit of, a little bit, a little bit of that too. Yeah, like I was like, you know, around Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which I heard today might be appearing in Riverdale. What? Oh my God. Yeah. That'd be crazy. So when we get to that point, I am going to be as excited as you are about Jughead. (laughs) Sweet. Yeah, you're missing out. Sweet Life was one of the funniest Disney shows, in my opinion. All right. It was amazing. I'll have to take your word for it. Another thing is that, like, I was, (laughs) before, I was saying that, like, seeing him in a drama is so strange, but, like, Mm -hmm. it was so great, and, like, my heart just, like, started um, falling out of my chest, because then, as soon as they started making up, then, like, he was, like, smiling again, and I was like, that's the Cody I know. (laughs) That's the Cody you know. That's the Cody I know. On Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Tiny baby Sweet Life Zach and Cody. And I was so happy. I mean, bring me many joys. I was just happy because Jughead was happy. And now Jughead's not going to be happy. Go off. <sighs> so, like... <laughs> I'm just sad because we thought Reggie was so delightful last week. Yeah, they really mischaracterized him, hey? And I'm sad. Because I was I was like... kind of hoping they would make him better. I was so excited because, like... I. <laughs> Like, I I read the comics, and I know that Reggie is a jerk. Mm -hmm. I know he is. But, like, Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted him to be, like, the lovable teddy bear kind of jerk who's, like, sometimes mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, the guy who, like, is a big softie underneath. Yeah. He's not, though. He, he's not. He's, first of all, Moose is, like, his best friend. And then he's, like, really mean to him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, they don't even bring up the fact that Midge exists, except for Kevin. Also, where is she? And I'm sure she's coming. And then... And then he makes fun of Kevin, and, like, the only good thing that Kevin did this episode was being like, I don't care what he says. Yeah. He wouldn't even entertain it. And so... Um... Reggie is garbage and so it just makes me really upset because how do I say this eloquently Cole Sprouse (laughs) um is playing Jughead Jughead (laughs) um it just feels like he's been through this so many times Mm-hmm. That he just doesn't care anymore. And I I can't tell if, like, it just, if it hurts him and he's just hiding it or if he just doesn't care. And I really hope that he just doesn't care. Yeah, it kind of feels he's just indifferent to it. Which is great. Yeah. Um, but, like, also... He's saying really mean things, and, um, I don't, I know that maybe in show canon, Jughead may not be asexual, and I understand Mm -hmm. that, but, like, comic books, he's asexual. He's asexual to me, and I feel like he's asexual to Cole. Yeah. And I think that's what matters. So, like, even if Jughead comes in and has a love interest, as long as he doesn't, like, explicitly come out and say, I am sexually attracted to that person, or, gosh, I would love to have sex with that person, I'm still gonna think, I'm still gonna, he's still gonna be asexual to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so, like, 
you should hold on to that headcanon. I will. <laughs> and so when Reggie comes out and goes and just says things about, I, I don't, I tried to not remember the like direct quote, um, mm-hmm. but it was something about how he just um, is a giant nerd and hangs out on the internet and is too busy writing things to get laid. And my first point on this is like, if Jughead wanted to get laid, he could. <laughs> because he's Cole Sprouse, so excuse you, first of all. <laughs> like, hang on, I'm going to defend his sex life just really quickly. First of all, that. Second of all, people are not just sex objects. Exactly. And I don't know why this is such a hard concept for people. I, when, when he said that to him, that was like, almost felt like, even, even though Reggie maybe doesn't know why Jughead chooses not to go out and get laid, Mm -hmm. it still felt like a personal attack to me. And like, I just started crying. Okay, I'm like, so sorry. It's it's just like I I am asexual and I I've been called a waste before. Like behind my back. Mhm. And it's like as if because I'm not available in that way, I'm just like not worth being a person at all which is bullshit and seeing other people getting treated that way is like so upsetting Mm -hmm. because I remember going home after learning that that was said about me and just feeling so awful because I'm so much more than just, like, someone to have sex with. And so is everybody else. Yeah. So, like, I just, like, don't understand that logic at all. Um, it's, it's such a deeply societal logic that makes no sense. So, um, even though the show might consider it just being, like, Jughead... It just isn't interested in that. Like, to me, mm-hmm. it's like, if Jughead wanted to, he could come, he could say, this is the reason why I'm not doing, that. I mean, Jughead wouldn't do that, because that's just not his character. Mm-hmm. But, like, he has his reasons. Yeah. And, like, I know that was, like, a really small part of, like, all the awful things he said to him. But, like, that felt really uh, important to me. Um... And then, you know, sass watch. It's called Necrophilia Reggie. Can you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the, th- the one thing that I liked about that scene is that Jughead didn't even entertain the idea that his self-worth was tied to his virginity or to sex. Yes. He was just like, actually, you got this fact wrong. And that's what I'm more offended at. <laughs> and like, I just love Jughead because I just love Jughead on so many levels, mm-hmm. on so many levels. Uh, and, like, he's such a Chandler, which is something also that I love about him. Oh, my God, he is a Chandler. <laughs> he's a Chandler, and, like, I love Chandler. And so just, like, I am the biggest Jughead supporter and the biggest mm. fan of just everything about him. And there's, like, he can do no wrong. I'm going to wait until he does something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, but, like... In my mind, like, there's nothing. The only thing that I, like, am upset about him with is just being, like, don't forgive Archie so quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, he does deserve more than the apology he got, so. Yeah, I definitely agree. But that's really all I had to say about Jughead. I think that was great, and I think that you should keep fighting and commenting on things like this so that you're heard. Yeah. And I hope Cole does, too. I, I honestly, I think he, I think he does. 
I think he does too. And that's something else that I really love about him because he's taking it so seriously. Yeah, that's really cool. And that means the world to me and the whole community. Go Cole. Go Cole. That's how to be an ally, like right there. Yes. Oh my God. I love Cole Sprouse. <laughs> We've already learned this. I just love him. And like the thing is that like like people people are like I hope people don't think that I just love Cole Sprouse on like this like one level about how he's like really cute because he's like really cute. But like <laughs> I love him for so many things, and I'm talking about him for too long again. <laughs> I think it's so great because seeing you kind of like turn back into a teenage girl is adorable. I, once again, do you, want, do you want to hear it again? I'll say it. Uh-huh. I have no shame. <laughs> I mean, you did tweet him before we started and said, okay, love you. I mean, he needs to know. Yeah. I just I just want him to know that I love him and that- I think he can feel your love by now. I hope he can, even yeah. from, like, across the world. I don't know how- I don't know where he lives. <laughs> Is he in Vancouver right now? Probably. Uh, I think they're still, still filming. Right I think so. Then he's not across the world. He's a province away. Slash. Probably near me. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Go find him. Um, Yeah, was Cole Sprouse anywhere? I have a friend who really needs to know. He really needs to know how much uh, she loves him. (laughs) Um, I'm also sort of stalling because I don't want to talk about Archie and Miss Grundy. Okay, well then you know what? Let's just say about Archie and Miss Gr- and Miss Grundy that it's super gross, and I'm not here for it. Okay, let me let me see if I have anything like super important to say about it. Okay, okay, I don't. Okay, he leaves his house in the middle of the night, shirtless, and goes to her house, which he knows where it is. Don't panic. I'm not stalking you. Creepy. And just like knocks on the door until she answers. Don't panic. I'm not stalking you. And because this is a CW, he's, like, glistening with, like, sweat in very, like, key ways. And she, like, just woke up and she looks beautiful. Yeah, but remember, she put her glasses on so that she looks like, you know, the teacher. Right. (sighs) Again, everything related to Archie, I don't have words. I just have exasperated noises. It's, he's so creepy. He is creepy. He's so creepy. And it makes me sad. This is not the Archie I wanted. Because it's Archie. Uh, at one point, Fr- I'm just going through my Archie stuff super quick because I don't want to talk about him. Yeah. Um, at one point, Fred said that the only time Archie, or like he heard Archie leaving the house when he was eight to go to Jughead's treehouse, which made Aww. my day. I like little Archie and little Jughead. Yeah. Didn't, they had comics all about that. Yeah, I loved them. Um, then he goes, I'm going to find Miss Grundy again. Don't panic, I'm not stalking you. And goes to her classroom. And I'm like, where is her class? Well, she's a music teacher. I know, but like, every time he comes to her office, she's like, there's no one there except for her. Yeah, does she even actually teach? I don't know. But like, then he, is he pretty much just saying, hey, do you love me? Because if you don't love me, I'm going to throw, get you thrown in jail. That's what it felt like to me. This is such a bad and manipulative relationship. Yeah, it's awful. On both sides, it's, like, let's, 100% clear, what happened in their relationship is statutory rape. And I'm really mad that the show is sort of skirting around that. Like, they did talk about the fact that it was illegal, but they put more of an emphasis on the fact that her job is in danger more Mm -hmm. than the fact that, like... His rights were taken away. Yeah. And so they have this whole conversation where she's like, you know, he asks her point blank about her feelings and... She, to me, I don't know if they're real or not, but it's so, it feels so gross and manipulative. Mm-hmm. She's like, I need you to save my job. So we're not going to report about this actual crime that we. Yeah, you're in my hand, you're, or I'm in your hands or whatever. Yeah, like what? No relationships on the show are healthy, but this is like next level messed up. Yeah. At least like she talked about how, oh no, we could go to jail. But then, later in the episode, she just, like, goes back. Like, we had... I gave her props last episode because she was saying, no, that was wrong. Let's not do it anymore. And now she's, like, yeah. back to it. And then we see, like, the preview for next episode. And they're just, like, going at it again. And I'm just like, what have you learned? He's still a minor. Ugh. I don't care if he has a six-pack. He's still <laughs> a minor. Like, what? Ugh. 
And then he has this whole conversation with his dad about doing the right thing. And I'm like, yes, Fred knows what's up. Fred and Hermione and Veronica and Betty are the best characters on the show. Exactly. And, and obviously Jughead. Oh, man. Okay. Whew. Um, and, okay, so, like, then at the pep rally or whatever, he goes over to her again. Like, he's gone over to her in public in the hallway in episode one, at, at the dance in, in episode one. Don't panic. I'm not stalking you. And now, and I'm like, how does no one know except Jughead? How? Right. It's a miracle that only Jughead has figured it out. Yeah. Because, like, it's clear. It's very clear. This is like when Chandler and Monica were sneaking around, but much more disgusting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do have a question for you uh, about Archie and Miss Grundy. Okay. Um, which is, if Jason was shot a week later than he was, what did they hear at the lake? Yeah, I, I totally had that written down. Um, that's, that's the thing. Is like... Mm-hmm. <sighs> like, could it have been just a stray firework? No, because it didn't sound like a firework. No, they're very different sounds. They're very different sounds. And, like, I think that they are definitely setting us up to be like, but what happened there? And so there has to be something to that that we have to learn, I think. Because mm-hmm. if it's just like, oh, um, I somebody missed <laughs> something or whatever, or, like, hunting or whatever, you know? Then it's, like, that's going to be sucky and it's not going to pay off at all. So yeah. I have no idea, uh, but I hope that we get told. Also, full offense, a body as decomposed as Jason's, I don't know if you'd be able to peg the time of death a week later than it actually was when he's just been floating in a river. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Not that mm-hmm. I'm a, an expert or anything. I watched a lot of CSI as a kid. Like, maybe too mm-hmm. much for a teenager. So... This is my professional opinion as a professional watcher of CSI Crime Scene Investigation, both all of Las Vegas and Miami and New York. Okay, well, I mean, I believe you then. Okay, good. Um, okay, now we're going to kind of move on to some miscellaneous things that sort of didn't really fit in any of the other categories. Um, so we see um, Principal Weathermead now, and that's another character that they have made into a person of color, which is great. Awesome, awesome. So that also i thought that he principal weatherby is like better than i remember him because i remember always being like kind of annoyed by principal weatherby and <laughs> this principal weatherby i'm just like you're a good dude principal weatherby i'm saying principal yeah. weatherby too many times no it saying weatherby is actually like really pleasing on the tongue principal weatherby principal weatherby no i really like that he like his first and foremost he's looking out for the kids at the school like as i'm like a good principal should and then um we learn that josie's mom is the mayor of the town and i think it's weird that they're being like here are all the parents of the main characters whereas Brittany is like here's all the parents of the main characters yeah (laughs) because like just today they were just like kevin's dad is the sheriff this person or josie's mom is the mayor but I, I mean, I, I love when they have uh, female people of color in places of authority. Yay. Mm-hmm. Hell yes. Okay, next super uh, not really relevant question. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about their sound equipment. <laughs> what? They're, they're all singing in the rain and all of their like speakers and stuff are getting like really wet and I'm worried about them. That's the last thing I expected. But, like, it was very distracting for me. I was just like, you have an umbrella for yourself, but what about your expensive speaker? I I don't have an answer for you. Except that... I don't think I'll get one. Do they make small umbrellas for sound equipment? Um, they make, like, little coats. They don't look like coats, they just look like covers, but they should have had them. They should have. Tweet them. Okay. <laughs> Please take care of your prop sound equipment. I am worried. I am very worried about it. Um, and so the last thing we're going to talk about is the ending. So I'm weirded out by the fact that, okay, so like I love the Jughead begins and ends every episode. I think that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, he's writing a book and they're like, this narrative works because he's writing a book. Totally um, de- detective, like noir style. Love yeah. it. 
but he goes, there. You, you might think there are four people in that booth, but there's actually only three. And he names out the other three people. And I'm like, why don't you think you're a person? I Okay, so I've thought about this. Okay. And I think it's because... One, he feels excluded from the Archie Betty uh, Veronica right. triangle, as he sort of always has been in the comics, because even mm-hmm. though he and Archie are best friends, like that triad is untouchable. But yeah. I also think he views it as that he's actually a passive observer of the mm. whole situation in order for him to be the author. Right. So he's sort of like, you know, even though, you know, it sucks that I was not visible at the same time, he's able to look at the situation from a slightly different angle and then write it all down as the author, which is kind of cool. It is cool. And I'm glad that it, and I hope it's not him being like hard on himself or like, you know, but I don't think that Jughead is. I think Jughead's really happy with how he is. Yeah. I think Jughead is completely at peace with who he is as a person. That's great. I think. Yeah. It makes me smile. I like it. Um, Okay. So... Like, we sort of talked about when we were talking about um, Betty's mom. Cheryl is the one who gets arrested. Mm-hmm. And, let's see, died over a week later. And what gunshot did Archie and Grundy hear? Okay, so, like, what is going on there? Because Cheryl clearly knows that she's guilty. Cheryl knows she's guilty of something. And let's also bring back he was supposed to come back. Like, in my mind, the he was supposed to come back sort of confirms that they conspired and that perhaps he was faking his, I think he was faking his own death slash maybe the plan was for him to run away or maybe the plan was for him to go and find Polly. Right. Okay. So like her saying he was supposed to come back says to me that she was not the person who shot him in the head. Absolutely. Because no one comes back from that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Except for like, one person once in a blue moon and you hear about them on the news and suddenly they're really good at music. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you don't come back from that. So Cheryl clearly does not actually think she's guilty of murder. Yeah, but I think that she feels guilty enough to want to go away for it, I guess. So for this week, who do you think shot him? Slash, who do you think would have access to a weapon to shoot him? And it has to be, like, a week after the thing. So, like, I don't even know because he could have been hiding out for a week and he could have met anybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm still gonna go with someone we don't know yet. Okay. Midge. I think I'm just of the same mind. Dilton, still. Let's just pin it all on Dilton. Yeah, okay, okay. As always. Done. And did you say that you agree? I do. My only other thought is that I guess the only person who has access to a weapon that we've seen at this point is Kevin or his dad. Wow. Yeah. But I, I don't and I, I don't think Kevin's committing murder. No, I don't think so either. Especially because, like, he seemed very surprised when he found the body. And yeah. I don't think it was just for Moose's benefit. Yeah. I think the only thing Kevin's capable of murdering is the self-esteem of a bisexual man. Okay. Freak you, Kevin. Boom. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, so um, I think we're going to move on to our segments now. Yeah. Um, my segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is uh, yes, always yes. And if anything, I think that Asexual Jughead was like even more recognized <laughs> than take it <laughs> away from me at this point. And my segment is Cine Vancouver. And this week we shout out to West Point Grey Academy... Which is uh, the set of Riverdale. And apparently they just shoot there all the time. Because there's a permanent Riverdale sign outside that school. Which is not far from UBC. Which is where I am. So that's scene in Vancouver for this week. So for this week, instead of doing best line, we're going to do best character award. And um, for this week, because she is actively working on changing her whole self and is fabulous. And even though she's not a great cheerleader, she's a great person. I'm going with Veronica. Ask me what mine is. Robin, who is your favorite character? Who is the best character this week, even though I am absolutely sure I know the answer? Um, I'm going to go with Jughead Jones Third. Whoa, unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Well, at least you're always, co- you're always committed to your brand. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't hardly ever stray. <laughs> I hate you. All right, that brings us to the end of our podcast this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, our music was Terminal by Good News Tunes. And if you're a fan of The 100, our talk about the first episode of Season 4 is now available. You can check that out on our Twitter. And coming soon, our Lost podcast. Yay. Yay. Uh, you, <laughs> you can follow <laughs> at The Aficionados on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. And you can tweet us with anything that you would like us to discuss on next week's episode or just in general. Hashtag Riverdale Strong. You can follow me on Twitter at Apitania with an underscore at the end and two T's in the middle. And you can follow me at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Next episode is episode 103, chapter 3, Body Double. Ooh. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, bye. Every time we do this, I wave, even though I'm not waving at anyone. <laughs>